Welcome to the Boostly podcast. This is a podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics, the training, and most importantly, the confidence so you can go out there and get yourselves direct bookings. We have a mini series on this podcast where we dive behind the host, where we talk to successful, interesting hosts from around the world. And today we've got an amazing host, uh, somebody I've known many years. I consider him a friend who's part of the team Boostly community and is a great big character in there. He runs a, a bed and breakfast and, um, we're going to get his kind of journey and all of the teachings and all of the things from his long hospitality career um, that we can share with you as our listener today. So let me introduce uh, our special guest, and this is Harrow. He's from a business called The Hive at 52. And um, yeah, it's fantastic to dive in. I'm really excited about this today. So welcome along, Harrow. Thanks for joining me. Liam. So first question or first question. Uh, yeah, first question for yourself is, can you give yourself an elevator pitch and describe the business as to where it is in the world and uh, what it's like? Yeah, uh, I'm 52, as you say, it's a and b It's only small. Uh, we've got three bedrooms. Uh, we're based in a village called uh, Weaverham, which is in Cheshire in the northwest of um, England. Uh, we've been open 10 years this year. So at the end of the year, uh, I think we opened in November um so it'd be 10 years so um 10 years of so my life really uh before that i was i was in hospitality for uh, 20 odd years in hotels so it's not anything new for me so um so yeah that's cool i mean first of all congratulations 10 years in your own business is amazing they say many own businesses don't get to five years you know something like two percent only get to five years so to do 10 years in your own business is amazing and uh I've got to see it grow over what I've I've kind of known you in in the Boostly Academy um for I've been around there in about 4 years so you know it's it's I've seen it grow and I've seen uh, some of the amazing work you do and which we we're, we're going to dive into on this on this episode I just I detect it's not a uh, a local accent so uh whereabouts are you from what what is your history before this I'm originally from Holland or as now called the Netherlands apparently Came over in 1994, so there we go. Another celebration. I've been in the country for 30 years. It is August. Nice. Uh, came across, uh, first of all, just for a year to work in London and um, then decided to, to stay on a bit. Got a new job, other job, and um, I ended up um, in Cheshire. And uh, I'm married to an English lady as well, so that sort of made me stay as well. And yeah, so 30 years this year, so... Nice, two big celebrations. So all the um, talking about decades in uh, in two different celebrations, which is amazing. You yeah. got to do something special this year. Is is there anything special planned this year? Is is this is quite a big year for you? Uh, no, well, I haven't really thought of it really. It just sort of just comes about. You know, time flies really. It's quite scary in in, in a lot of ways. So. I don't really know. I probably will do something, but I haven't really thought of it. No, that's cool. You've got plenty of time. You've got the entire year to uh, to come up with it. So Exactly, exactly. So You mentioned there was a lot of time in hospitality before you've opened the business. So talk us through that and some of the kind of lessons and things that you've learned that you took into your own business. And then um, if you can talk us up to why you started your own bed and breakfast. Yeah, so when I'm in, in the Netherlands, I studied hotel and catering management and um, I did that for three years. I had to do a bit of national service as well, but luckily I was actually chef in the army, so that helped me a little bit. Um, and then when I came to the UK, I, I was a chef for about nine months uh, in a hotel in central London. And um, But I sort of knew that I 
couldn't make a career out of it because I didn't have the city, city and guilds or NFQs, whatever they call now. And um, so I decided to go across uh, to front of house. So I started off in a 900 bedroom hotel of Oxford Street uh, as a receptionist and then slowly sort of climbed up there, moved around in London. Uh, and then um, I got a position as revenue manager in a 900 bedroom hotel on Piccadilly Circus. Nice. Uh, which was obviously my first senior position and then in the absolutely beast of a hotel as well. And um, so I learned, I learned a lot there quite quickly. Moved around and then got myself up to operations manager in hotels. So I did everything, so rooms and food and beverage. Then the children came along and I didn't really want to do the long days anymore. Work the weekends, work Christmas, work all the days people normally have off. Uh, and then I went back into revenue management and that's where I ended up really revenue and sales for the last couple of years of my, uh, my, my career. And then at one stage I finished the maternity cover in a hotel and it was a period where it was quite uncertain. I don't know if it was a, a recession or something like that, but it was very difficult to find a position. Um, so then I worked, uh, did, just did a temporary role as an F&B manager somewhere. And then we sort of started to talk about maybe we should do something for ourselves. It was sort of in the back of my mind. My wife is in hotels as well. She's an accountant in hotels. So that's sort of where it came from. And then I want, uh, at the time, that, that time when, when I couldn't find a position, we did decided to go for it. And it took us a, a, quite a while to go through the process because we wanted to make sure that we put the planning in properly and, and had a good think of how we were going to do it. And then in 2014, we sort of, start the building work and then, then late late in the year we we opened so um so yeah nice so there's the um the bed and breakfast that was your family home before and switched into the bed and breakfast is that right yeah correct so it's a, it's a detached home from 1876 so it's, it, it's got plenty of space uh and we're just referred to sort of the front of the house into the b and b mm -hmm. and the back of the house is is our um our our family uh area so and it's quite nice because it's separate because we've got an extension at the back with our own stair, so it's we can completely close it off as well. So maybe in the future we'll follow the STR trend and maybe convert it into a short-term holiday land. Yeah, by all means, the opportunity so. the opportunity is there. What, what I love about this is, I mean, I'm learning. I didn't know this about your Harrow, and as I say, we've known each other a little while. And um, those skills that you've taken in, I mean, sales and revenue management and accounting is kind of like if if you can go into your own business with those skills from your previous transferable uh, you know sort of careers which is amazing so that gives you a really mm -hmm. good um a good stead and when um when people look at the uh, the hive at 52 one thing that always stands out for me uh, is the branding on your business is very good they're very strong colors how did you come up with the name why is it called the hive at 52 Again, we, we looked at it and the house was initially called Roxburgh. We didn't have any sort of link. Obviously, Roxburgh is quite a Scottish name. And then we start, we had just writing down names we could think of. And then he come up with Rose Cottage and, and things like that. So Blue Bell Cottage. And then actually my youngest daughter, who I think she was about nine at the time, said, well, why don't you call it the Hive? A bit like a beehive, people coming in and out, bees coming in and out. And we like, yeah. So then we actually, we had the branding done by somebody I used to work with uh, in one yeah. of the hotels I was in. And um, so we got him to do the three designs. And um, I think the designs he came up with obviously was the hive. 
And we called it the Hybrid 52 because of the domain name was quite generic. So that's why it came 52 with number 52 as well. Mm-hmm. The other one he had was Snoring Club and Honeycomb. So Honeycomb could be, but it wasn't very catchy. Snoring Club. Yeah, people don't, don't like snoring. You, <laughs> yeah. That sounded more like a, you know, a swingers club or something like that. <laughs> so we decided yeah. and we thought the hive was was ideal, really, isn't it? It, it is a bit like uh, like a beehive, people coming mm-hmm. in. And a lot of people now, when you look at Google, people are actually looking for the beehive as well. Yep. So, yeah, so it worked out really well. And, and yeah, we, we love we still love our branding, you know, 10, 12 years after it was actually designed. So, yeah. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. It's one of the things for for people listening to this who are wondering where to get started with branding. And, And the truth is that you kind of have just got to pick a direction and go with it. But like you say, make sure it is something that you really like because... I look at my branding for my STR business and, and I still love that. And uh, it, it's got to be something that you're going to probably have a long time. And yes, you can change it. But ultimately, if you do find something you like and and that um, works as well in terms of, uh, you know, you've you've got the whole concept around it, which is the logo yeah. and the colors and all that stuff, just make things so much easier to be able to brand yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll pay dividends for years. So that's that's I really- think- I think as well, what we like about it, because at the time my daughters were nine and 10 and we sort of wanted them involved, but we didn't want to name them on the website just for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Yes. The guy who designed it, if you look at our logo, it's got a bee and a daisy flower. Yeah. Uh, my youngest daughter's called Beatrice. Oh, nice. My other daughter's called Daisy. So that's sort of where the link is as well. But also I think for people as well, sometimes, you know, people sort of don't spend the money on certain things and we just wanted to make sure that at the time we spent decent money on a good website which mm-hmm. 10 years ago was fine and also the branding for us was very important so we invested quite a, a decent amount on that and i think that's important as well that sometimes it is hard to invest your money but i think sometimes it's well worth because as you say you're going to have your load your 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 branding for 10 15 mm-hmm. years yeah, and how easy you are to find is is so important, isn't it? Making it easy for your guests to identify you. Yeah. Before we dive more into kind of the marketing and that side of things of your business, who comes to stay with you? What what is your um, guest avatar? My guest avatar is uh, David and Mary, who are about fifty five plus, sixty, retired or semi retired. Uh, they love their gardens. They love stately homes. And also what they like to do is combine visits to gardens with mm-hmm. visits to relatives who live around here, mm-hmm. uh, either sisters, brothers, uh, grandchildren, daughters, sons. So it's a bit of a combination. A big chunk of our clientele, our guest avatar, are people visiting relatives. And quite a lot of times is all elderly relatives or actually their grandchildren. But yeah, the age range overall is between 55 and 70 really 
Nice. What I love about this as well, for, for people listening, you, you've named your avatar, you know what they like, you know why they're coming to stay. And although obviously, like all of us, you, you do get people who fall outside of those avatars that ultimately, once you know who your primary person is, that is most likely to come and book. Again, that means your blogs and the marketing and what you offer can be centered around that one person, can't it? And um, that's really cool to to see. So at the moment, when you've uh, you set up your business and obviously you start hosting, what software do you use in your business or have you used over the years to help you run your business? I um, started off with, well, I'm still with free to book. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a B&B, it's, it's it, what I need. Um, I don't need all singing or dancing and it works for me. And I think it works for a lot of people. I think I, there's a lot of people in the group as well who are still with Free2Book. I'm sure there's better ones outside, but what I do like about Free2Book is it's relatively small and they are quite quick to react to help desk queries and things like that. Maybe sometimes they're not as quick with reacting to new things in the out in the world, uh, but it's a very good product for me. It's a reasonable price, I think, uh, and it does what I need it to do. It's all you, all you need, isn't it, at the end of the day? And that exactly. is the thing. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you don't have to spend, I mean, we speak to some hosts who've got stacks and stacks of software, but ultimately each pound that you spend on software needs to pay you back in some way. And and once you've found something that works and is at the right price, then, uh, then sticking with it is a great idea. Is there anything else that you use in your business at all? Any kind of email send outs and things like that or anything you use for that side of the business? Yeah. So I, I used the usual things, you know, MailChimp to send out my, uh, my newsletter, um, or any other information, a variety of social media. I don't know if you can, you, you can call it that, but and that's really it, really. I'm, I'm not really, a, I like tech, but I'm not a techie guy. I'm not great at it. Um, I just like the, the systems to be very simple, mm-hmm. simple to use, simple to, to understand, but really with a working really well for me. So, so yeah, so I'm, I haven't really got a huge amount of tech. I've got a mobile phone and I do a lot on that. I've got my laptop and that's all I need, really. Yeah, that makes sense. And at the end of the day, it means you can focus on the, the hospitality side of the business and 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 getting guests, can't you? So yeah. let's talk about that. How do you get your guests at the moment? Where do the majority of them uh, sort of come from? And is there any kind of marketing techniques that you use to attract uh, your perfect guest? Well, you're probably happy to hear that 80% of my bookings are direct. Wow. That's amazing. And then 20% is through booking.com. Nice. Um, I am on Airbnb, but I can't really compete with 25 quid rooms. Yeah. I don't really want to compete with them. And I can't really compete with, you know, people who rent out their house. Um, so I am on it, but I'm not actively promoting it or anything like that. Especially the last year I got, I'm, I think I'm a lot more consistent with my social media. I post four times a week on a Monday, Wednesday, a Friday and a Sunday. I'll do a story. I'll do some reels sometimes if I think about it. But yeah, my, my, my social media posts are very regular. Um, and, um, I try to also, again, with the help of AI, actually, I mean, a lot of my posts are done with the help of AI. It just saves me so much time, but then I still try to keep them as personal, like personal to me as well, you know, with the odd spelling mistake in it being Dutch. Um, so yeah, so that's really the main chunk, but the main even up before any social media or email newsletters is 
I look after my guests. And when I look after my guests, they put great reviews on the, on the variety of websites, the GoGo, TripAdvisor, and that sort of attract people because there's so many people who have said, I've read your reviews, so I booked you instead of the hotel and down the road. And I think that just proves that, that you know, I must be doing something right that, that attracts. And I get, because of my reviews, I could also people referring within the village, within the area saying, oh yeah, my, my brother is coming. Can you accommodate him? So I think that's the, the main reason, the first of me at reason I attract guests. And then the rest is the author, your other things, your social media, newsletters, things like that. No, that's amazing. And um, at the end of the day, a couple of things I want to pick up on for, for the people listening to this is, first of all, the consistency is one thing. Like you say, you don't have to you know, be posting seven days a week, but just being consistent in general or more consistent. And, you know, we're all hosts, we all get busy. So sometimes, uh, you know, we fall off the the consistency side of things, but as long as we're picking that back up, you're more likely to get guests who, who come and find you. And then actually you're using your previous guests as a way of marketing by delivering great uh, experiences to them and then them reviewing. And then other people seeing those reviews, you're, you're picking more and more people, more people trust your business and everything about your business is, is for, for people who want to go and have a look at, at the Hive at 52. Uh, is it .co.uk? .co.uk, yeah. yeah. So uh, it just screams professional. You know, it is. It, it shows very professional. And for the people who are coming to visit, is it Cheshire? Am I right? Cheshire, yeah, correct. It, yeah, yeah. So for the people coming to visit there, there's somewhere where they can trust and they know that what kind of experience they're going to get. Well, one other thing which um, comes to light is that you're very consistent with your blogs as well for your website. And um, how does that help you to get your website seen? Does it help with SEO and things like that? To be honest, I'm not really sure about things like that. You know, that's probably one of the big areas where I, I, I do need some help um, and I do need to look at it because one, it doesn't really interest, interest me. And two, it is quite, it's, yeah, I think it's quite a niche kind of thing, SEO. So I have looked at it, but it's something I need to look at. Yes, I do do my blog. It's hard work. I, I know it's it's really difficult to do, but I do try to do my blogs. Um, and I do think it helps with SEO as well. Um, and especially because in the last few years, we really look, start to look at our sustainability as well and try to push that. And know it's another great story, you know, yeah, I can look after my guests. I can make a good breakfast. I can clean the B&B. It looks lovely. But the sustainability, obviously, especially now in the last few years, it's a big attraction to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I've tried to do both on my social media and my blogs. But as I said, SEO is not my forte. No, no, but it does, it, it looks um, very good on your website to see the regular blogs and mm. One of the things which I can see you've adopted is that you're telling the story instead of trying to sell on your blogs. You know, you're just saying, hey, back in November, I was invited to a podcast and this is amazing. By the way, we've just put up our solar panels on the uh, on the top of the roof. This is helping us to be sustainable, save money and attract more guests who, uh, you know, sort of who care about the environment and, mm. and you know, the vibe attracts the, the tribe. So. Um, it just is really fantastic example for, for anyone listening, um, you know, to, to go and check out. Really, really impressive to, to see. Well, that. I don't like the hard sell. No. You know, when I get something, get an email and it's sell, 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 I turn it off. You know, so from my point of view as well, I'm thinking, well, how do I want to sell my business? 
it's the way I want to be sold to as well. I don't like the hard sell. You know, I switch off. People buy from people. Sometimes yeah. wrongly, but 99% of the time I'm sort of right when I sort of turn off. So yeah, no, no, I do that. At the end of the day, that it comes across on the blog as as just a genuine person who who is very hospitable. Do you know what I mean to to mm. to, to host people? So, what are some of the the biggest tips that you've picked up over? You had twenty years in the hotel industry, and then uh, obviously you've had ten years hosting direct. What are some of the tips you'd like to share with people um, listening? Is there anything which has helped you along the way that you'd say could help others too? Yeah, well, especially you know when I work for a boss, when somebody is not very nice to you. You sort of just, you know, let it go over your shoulders, over your head. When you run your own business, it is hard because it's your own business. And rightly or wrongly, if somebody gives you feedback and it's it's right, then it's fine. I can cope with that. But when it's harsh and it's it's not right, you know, at first, especially at the start, I took it personal and I got really, really grumpy and, and to say bluntly, really pissed off with it. Mm. But it's actually not, you know, your 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 mood doesn't affect your guest who just put that review or, you know, give you that feedback. That's your family and your relatives who sort of suffer from your bad mood. So that's the one thing. And even now sometimes I have it, but I sort of thinking, oh well, can't please everybody. So that that's sort of really what what I tried to say. You can't please everybody. A B and B is not for everybody. A short let rental is not for everybody. A hotel is not for everybody. So there is a place for somebody, you know. So that's sort of what I've really had to learn from when I became, became an employee to become my own boss, to sort of sometimes just sort of say, let it just, you know, come off your shoulders. Don't, yeah. don't let it, you know, wind you up and stuff like that. It's hard but because it's your own little baby, but it has helped me a lot sort of. Step over that. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint, are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just two pounds, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint. And then for 101 marketing tactics, that is in the playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint. And uh, we'll see you on either side. It's great advice. I think um, one thing that I noticed time and time again is we can get, you know, 20 great reviews, but that one review is where we focus our time, where somebody's yeah. happy with Focus on the positive. Yeah, exactly. Focus on the the other 20, which are giving you yeah, the, the great review. And, and there's always going to be disgruntled people. You can't mm. please all of the people all of the time, ultimately. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very tough, though. You do have to... Um, uh, train yourself to kind of guard yourself ready for there, there will be a bad review, you know, mm. at some stage in the future again. And there is a case of sort of guarding yourself against that and just knowing that you can't win them all, but focus on the positive. Which is and great. also you get the guests to put your review, they, they see the, they see through it. If you've got nine good reviews and one bad one, they see it, they see through it. If that person who booking thinking, oh, there's a really bad one, maybe you don't want that particular guest because he's focusing on that bad one as well. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, there's, um, I mean, we've had all sorts where there's been things like um, somebody tried to defraud us and, and gave us a one-star review and then got people to uh, go on Google and give us one-star review, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. And uh, you look at it and you just go, well, you can reply to the review and you can 
but factually what has happened because you know others are going to read it but ultimately just focus on all the people that you're doing good for and then when others read through the you know like out of 150 reviews if there's one or two bad ones and you know people weigh stuff up don't they you know like people have got a good um a good gauge on that sort yeah. of stuff i think the big thing for me as well throughout the years as well is just like I think what you need to do is get the basics. When you start a business, get the basics right first. Mm. You know, yes, it'd be lovely to do everything well and all that, but you will make mistakes at the start. Get the basics right and then take small steps thereafter. And then, you know, because when you take small steps, you don't get overwhelmed. You know, I can you read a lot of times on on the yeah, on the Facebook groups as well. It's like, oh, this all this information is like, well. You can't do it all at once. No. You know, just take small steps, but take make sure that your basic is there, your basis is there, that you can look after your guest, and then the rest will sort of follow. No, it's great advice. Great advice. And what what does the um, future look like? Obviously, you've had ten years in in the business at the moment. Is there any kind of things that you're you're planning on the horizon, or is it just business as as usual? Yeah, it's business as usual. I mean, ten years. You know, we will need to. I mean, we we sort of replaced up on a rolling basis anyway but there probably is likely to be some bigger things we need to replace um, but otherwise it's bit you know it's 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 but business as usual uh, do what i would do best and look after my guests continue with my social media maybe i might be doing a podcast myself you know nice. you know it's something i've got in the back of my mind you know so it's it's a part of my business as well but also on the side of it continue with my social media i'm working with that i'm actually doing an eight week uh, digital marketing course i start next week i think it is which nice. is really intense so i don't really know how i'm going to fit that in but that that i'm looking forward to that so hopefully i learned something from that as well which i can then put back into the business mm -hmm. um and as i said you know i am getting older you know i don't want to do 20 years more doing breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning so you never know i might put a kitchen out in my breakfast room and just you know let them out as a short-term red um, holiday let and stuff like that to make it a bit easy for me so yeah but for the next five to ten years i think it just be business as usual do what i want but keep on changing with the times as well you know you know things are changing so quickly you'll have to go with the times so so you know the investment will need to be made on things like that and the one big thing for us is to, to continue on the sustainability journey mm -hmm. Uh, we're lucky we've got uh, solar panels installed uh, and we've got air source heat pumps. So we're really only relying on gas for our stove. Um, and we probably keep that for a bit, especially with the uncertainty about electricity. But there is a lot of things, especially the small things where we we need to improve on the sustainability. So I think that's a big, big one for us that we we want to continue doing what we're looking, looking after, I guess, but keeping a, good, a very close eye on 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 how we do that and and making sure that we don't becoming well hopefully 100 percent you know sustainable so no plastic use and things like that so so yeah nice and uh i gotta say it's a very likable business harrow i mean like you've you know you, you you're very much up to date with the ai stuff you do in the social media you know like and uh, I think it's a great example where people listening to this can can go and look at your website and go and look at your socials and and start to take um, note of of what is successful within hospitality. And uh, I've really enjoyed speaking about this. So, just before we uh, we let you go, just a fun question is: Where do you like to go on holiday? Obviously, you host people 
um, yourself. Is there anywhere which is either on the wish list where you'd just like to tick that off? Or is there any place where you always go back to where you enjoy going on holiday? Um, let us know. Well, I, I've been lucky enough that I've traveled a fair bit of the world before I started my career. So don't really need to go far away anymore. And also the older I get, the less I like flying. Maybe not particularly the flying itself, but the airports, they really don't, I don't agree with it. And obviously also again with the sustainability sort of journey as well. And I would say the best places to go on holiday, they're in the UK. Mm. You know, COVID has sort of pushed us a little bit to it, but we've had some great holidays in the UK. We've been to... North Wales, we've been to Anglesey, we've been to North, North Yorkshire, we've been to Northumberland, we've been to York um, County, Norfolk this year, just gone. Mm-hmm. We've been to uh, Suffolk, you know, we did Cornwall, done Cornwall, don't need to go anymore because there's so many other nice counties. Like we love Norfolk, we love Suffolk, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. So to be honest, I think the best holidays for me being based in the UK is holidays in the UK. We are going, we're hoping to go to Italy next year because we have not been. My my daughters are a bit older now. They One is a university, one is going to university. So we wanted to do one last biggest holiday. So that's what we're going to do. But again, we actually might be going by train, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about that again, about how we, how we travel. But UK is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the weather and all that stuff, but there's plenty to do. You know, we're used yeah. to the weather. And I'm not, I liked a bit of sunshine, but you can get a bit of sunshine. So for me, why go abroad? Go, you know, stay in the UK, help, help us, you know, help us, help you, you know, help our little business, stay in the UK. I like it. And uh, myself and my family, we had three holidays in the UK uh, over the last 12 months. And that was great. We didn't miss going abroad at all. Like you say, it saves having to pack a huge suitcase and worry about it. And the great thing is, you know, you can get everything you need locally at the shops anyway you know so you know it it reduces the amount of stuff you have to worry about basically so no it's great answer harrow this has been so much fun i really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and all of the cool things you're doing in your business certainly one of the things i'm going to take away from this is the sustainability and also really the focus on on consistency you know this that's the two things that i'm going to take away and hopefully listeners take away that as well Um, Thank you for listening to this on the Boostly podcast. If there's anybody you know who would like to listen to this, please do share it with them. You can come and carry on the conversation in the Facebook group, which is called the Hospitality Community. And uh, it's a free group to join where we talk about all things hospitality, direct bookings, anything at all, basically, where you can come and join if this is your first time listening to a Boostly podcast. So, Harry, that leaves us with the last question. Is is there like a motto or a mantra or or something which resonates with you that you'd like to share with us to to take us to the end of the show? Yeah, I, I don't really have a motto or a mantra, but I when I started my career, there was one boss. He was English, but born in South Africa. And, you know, when he was stressed and all that, he was stressed, we were stressed. And as he always used to say, in with love, out with stress. And it always stuck with me, every sort of job. And then when I became a manager of a team and all that stuff, that always stuck to me, you know. And I didn't say that every day, but once in the blue moon, it just used to come out. And recently, again, you know, I was talking to people on that again, it's like in with love, out with stress. And I thought that was brilliant because it's mm-hmm. as soon as you say it, it sort of, you, your bad thought sort of goes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I thought, 
That's brilliant. And we're talking, you know, 28 years ago, 20, yeah, 27 years ago when, when, when I worked for her, you know, and it's still, you know, every now and again, it comes back and, you know, I know it's not a motto or a mantra, but it's a saying which stayed, stayed with me throughout my career, really. Nice. Nice. How can we come and find out more about your business, Harrow, or, or come and, uh, you know, sort of follow you? What, what, what are the socials to come and check? Um, yeah, you can find me on all the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it's I at the Hive 52 B and B. So B and the letter N B or just the Hive 52. Uh, you can look at my website, the hive52.co.uk. Or, you know, if you want to talk to me, you can WhatsApp me. The number is on the website as well. So, yeah, if you've got any questions, just ping me a message or direct message me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. What else? You know, yeah. Or just yeah, give me a call. I love it. And uh, we will put the notes uh, that you've mentioned or the, the socials that you sent us on the show notes as well. So people can check those out. However, you're listening to this piece of media, you can check out in the show notes as well. So thank you very much, Harry. That's it from us. And, thank you very uh, much for the invite. No worries. Look forward to seeing you at the next uh, Boostly social event. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Take care. Take All right. Care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.